I came back out and my dad said, you know, that was your grandfather's favorite toilet. I'm Stephanie Werner. I'm Peter Goffin. And I'm Yasmin Matherin, and this is A World Without, an audio series about the things that have always been a part of our lives and how they've affected us, whether we knew it or not. Today on our show... My name is Peter Goffin, and I've never lived in a world without indoor toilets. The first flushing toilet was invented by English writer Sir John Harrington in the 1590s. Called an Ajax, this prototype had a water tank with a valve to release water and wash out the contents of the bowl. In the late 1700s, British inventors were developing valves and pipes to prevent overflow, blockage, and the return of gas from flush sewage. The wealthiest Westerners had indoor plumbing in their homes during the Victorian age, and safe, hygienic plumbing spread as sanitation became more and more important. But it wasn't until the 1930s and 40s that new homes in Europe and North America were consistently built with indoor plumbing. It took a long time, but now most Canadians have never lived in a world without indoor toilets. When I was 17 and almost a grown man and about to start university, my dad gave me some advice that his older brother had given to him when he was about to start university. And he said, when you get to school, this new and huge and scary environment, the first thing you've got to do is find the best place to have a crap. And I've always taken that advice and and really run with it. And I should qualify this by saying that the toilet was a very important part of my family life. Um, I guess we were an open family. But we were also, and I'll just say it, a very regular family of four in a house that had two toilets, one of which nobody really liked to use. And Part of it was humorous. Uh, I think I've never met a group of people more entertained and creatively stimulated by all things scatological. But to another degree, I don't see why anyone wouldn't be more open about the toilet. It is your friend. It helps you. It has improved our lives so much. And yet we're so hung up about the issue. You know, the English language doesn't even have a word for that thing that is not a euphemism. Toilet is really toilette, and it comes from the French word toile, which means cloth, because what people were really saying is they were going to the dressing room. We can't even talk about the item, which is sad, I think, because we use it every day. It's more of a tool to us than almost any kitchen implement or cars or planes in how often we use it. And as long as you keep it sanitary, it's there to help you. I think what I'm saying is that I can't imagine not having a toilet right in my home. And I have often thought about the millions of people around the world who do not have a toilet in their home and what that means to them and how that changes, that little incremental thing changes the timing of their day, the safety of their day, the just the act of doing something so basic that all of a sudden has thrown, it has been, it's totally different than the way that I do it. I've been to other countries where I've expected the toilets to be worse and they were... Not, I mean, I think uh, this is not such an exotic story, but I've used pay toilets in Europe and I found them to be as weird and wonderful and fantastic invention that they're just out there on the street. The people, I think, 
don't necessarily realize how great Europe is for that. You can go to Paris and just go into a building. There's a magical building where you can put a coin in and use a bathroom uh, almost anywhere. It's almost any street corner. It's like a phone booth used to be here. And in England, there are pay toilets in the subway and in the town square. And uh, I had this really great moment when I was 12. I went to England with my family, and we went back to the town that my grandfather was born in. And it's this very small town uh, and with this beautiful center square. And in the middle of the square is this long, low, bunker-like building that's been there for a 100 years. And I, I went inside, and I used the toilet. And I came back out, and my dad said, you know, that was your grandfather's favorite toilet. And I've carried that with me to this day. But I would also say I, I was in Florence once. I'd just gotten off the train, and it was easily the most beautiful city I'd ever seen. And I, I went into this beautiful cafe, and it was ornate wood and gold. And then I went into the bathroom, and it was just a hole in the ground for a toilet. It wasn't even paved. It was, it was, it was like rough. It wasn't tiled. It was this rough concrete floor. And I realized that indoor, indoor toilet can be a lot of things, I guess. Or indoor plumbing can be a lot of things. When I say toilet, I mean a commode, a nice seat, uh, a comfortable seat where you can place your magazine down beside you and spend an afternoon, say. It's sort of a metaphor. Yeah, sure, it's about finding a place to crap or you might as well go now. But really the lesson that I think that all of my ancestors have been trying to impart is get the little things figured out first. Get your basics down. Figure out what's important to you, what do you have to do, and take care of that. That was Peter Goffin talking about never experiencing a world without indoor toilets. What do you guys think? I have to say that story about your grandfather, I was going to cry in that moment. That was oddly the most touching thing I think I've ever heard in terms of a family history. It's so cute. <laughs> well, and I mean, I can, I can truly say that it's something that my entire family shares is an affinity for indoor plumbing. I don't think my family was necessarily as open with uh, the use of toilets as maybe yours was, um, but I've noticed that as I've gotten older, um, being regular has been a topic of conversation among <laughs> me and my friends on a more regular basis, haha, <laughs> regular, <laughs> more regular basis than um, any of us probably would have expected. So we know way more about each other than we probably should, and I will regularly huh, regularly <laughs> text um, friends in Vancouver about my pooping habits. That's, I think that's good. I think that's healthy. I feel like more people should talk about bowel movements. <laughs> um, but on the topic of toilets, um, when I was growing up in Haiti, uh, the way that our house was built is that we had, we had toilets, but then we also had latrines because we didn't always have like electricity wouldn't run all the time. The pumps that, that ran toilets wouldn't always be working. So we always had to, like most houses have to have a, a latrine. Um, and because Haiti is Haiti and it's not the best in terms of development, <laughs> in general, sanitation is a big issue. And I just remember that the latrine that we had, it was because we had helpers in, in the house we're privileged enough to have, you know, helpers to, to help us out. And so the washroom that they had were the latrines, and then we had the bathrooms, which I still feel kind of weird about <laughs> at the moment. But then I do remember 
it was like my nightmare when I was like when I was six and just like really young growing up that I would drink too much water and then I would have to get up because when when I would have to wake up first of all most of the time there was no there was it was always a blackout during night time so for you to get up that meant that you had to a find a candle find a match <laughs> light it up and then somehow make your way outside to the latrine where it was pitch dark <laughs> and you knew there were going to be like mice maybe or like cockroaches and like i mean you're seven you're ten there's all <laughs> kinds of nightmares <laughs> so it was literally the worst so what would ha- what a lot of times that would happen is that we would just go to the washroom we still had the like we still had the washroom inside the house but so we would go and just not flush and pray <laughs> to god that like it's going to be okay <laughs> but but more than anything we just tried to be preemptive and just like not drink before you go to bed <laughs> but yeah like that's that's my experience with toilets childhood memories anyway of toilets and latrines and that's the thing that it is such a isolated and such a recent thing that we have reliable indoor plumbing. And even then, that's really only in North America. But also that there are still a lot of people who do not have indoor plumbing and or functioning indoor plumbing in Canada and the United States, particularly on First Nations reserves. And that's an issue that's coming up a lot now mm-hmm. is how does water, just the, the basic idea of getting water to First Nations reserves Like Peter, I have also never lived in a world without indoor plumbing. I think the greatest variety in toilets that I've experienced, I was in Japan two years ago, and they have such such a variety of toilets that it's kind of, it's fascinating because at one end you have like in the train station, you have what I call a squatty potty. I'm not sure what anyone else, or what the technical name is, but it's the kind where you hold onto the bar and you squat over a hole and you and you do your business but then on the other end if you go into like hotels or like fancier malls the toilets are so high tech like they take their toilets very seriously that there will be a side panel where you can like play the sound of running water (laughs) you can play music in case you don't want someone to hear you doing a number two it's it's fascinating (laughs) heated toilet seats as well i it Always sitting down on a heated toilet seat. Coming back, I was like, whew, these toilet seats are cold. (laughs) (laughs) I want to try these toilets. High-tech toilet. Oh. Question for you. Where do we stand on bidets? Explain a bidet. Not well. It is is an addition to some bathrooms in which uh, it's a ceramic bowl, and then it shoots water up at you to clean your stuff. Okay. I've never used one. In, I have, in, yeah. I've seen them, but I feel like I am not ready for that. <laughs> in theory, I think it's an awesome concept because who doesn't want to be tidy? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have never used a bidet. I've only ever seen them in hotels mm-hmm. and so been like too machine? scared. Is it a machine? It is looks it like a like toilet like... without a seat on it. It, it, it kind of looks like, a, like a, just a toilet bowl. So the bowl. whole purpose is for it to like flush you. Yes, yes, that's exactly. That's a perfect way of saying it. It flushes you. <laughs> it flushes you. The reverse toilet. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I, I get it. I, I think it's probably a great idea in terms of hygiene. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be opposed to trying it. But then I also feel kind of apprehensive. Like, 
I mean, how strong of a of like water shooting? Will you be shot right we, out of exactly. the room? <laughs> shot right you know, out of the room. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, can we control the pressure of the water? <laughs> the temperature is it going to be cold? Like all these thoughts. I, well, and to me, it's fascinating that does every culture have a different idea of what a toilet is? There, are, I mean, there are the the squatty potties. There are the super high tech toilets. Another thing that I've noticed in uh, in Europe, a lot of the time, they won't have a seat on the toilet. It oh. looks exactly like a toilet. But in, in Italy and in Spain, they will often just not have a seat in, the, in like, like we would. Um, so it's a hovering culture. But what I think is also amazing is, is the, our ideas about hygiene around bathrooms. And there are so many cultures that don't use toilet paper because to them that's less hygienic than if you used your hand because it's more thorough. Uh, interesting. <laughs> I am learning something new today yeah, about toilet culture. Huh. Mm-hmm. It just, it also, this also makes me, it reminds me of like with the latrine, how it's built, at least the ones I remember, is that A, there's no light. <laughs> B, it's literally this like infinite hole. And it's this block of cement that they kind of build it up so that you can sit on it. But then it's not smooth. So when you're sitting down, it's like ragged cement with like a big <laughs> hole. And when you're a kid and you're trying to use that, it's kind of like, what if I fall? <laughs> like all these thoughts, like it's because it's it, sometimes it can be that big. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so at least for a child, like it's the, I don't know if it was ever really at least the latrine that I remember using is like I don't remember it ever being really built for comfort just like get in get out mm-hmm. kind of thing mm-hmm. and uh on the uh, on the topic of, of bathrooms i also remember my aunt not my aunt sorry my grandma who lives in the countryside in haiti they also have a latrine but every time i li- every time i went to visit we would just use like buckets <laughs> okay, right. So you use your you, you you always had like toilet paper on deck, but then you just found a corner. <laughs> there was a little corner in the house, a compound that you would just go and if you need to pee, you need to do whatever. I mean, if you take a number two, you go somewhere else. But usually, <laughs> like, to pee, you just do that in a bucket. Mm-hmm. And then you, like, toss that out. And then you take a thing of water and you, like, rinse it out. And that's you flushing. Sure. So I... I really, as a as a leisure activity, I really enjoy camping. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I realized just the amount of privilege there is in that. Like, I choose to step <laughs> away from my indoor plumbing. And for me, camping um, doesn't mean sleeping in the car. For me, camping means you can't have um, showers. You don't mm-hmm. have an indoor toilet. Like, you're, you're out in the rough. Mm-hmm. Um, so... To, to look at it through those, like, really Western eyes, I'm like, wow, I do this on purpose when this is some people, this is their every day. Absolutely. And I've, I've had that experience, too, of, of being camping and having to use a box toilet, which is literally, for those uninitiated amongst you, is just a, literally a box with a hole cut in the top and the top lifts up uh, so it can be cleaned out. But one interesting side note on that, the warning that they give you when you're entering this national park that this is in is check the box for snakes because the snakes will curl up because it's warm in there and then when you sit and you cover up the light from the <sighs> hole they wig out because they think they're going to be crushed and they strike up at the block. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is horrifying. I'm just really happy that we have access to indoor toilets. Am I right? <laughs> you are right. Shout out to toilets. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for today. Um, thank you for listening. I'm Yasmin Mathurin. I'm Stephanie Werner. And I'm Peter Goffin. And this has been A World Without.